Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female. This week, my guest is Anna Sinclair, a former actor and performer who had to pause her career when she became pregnant. That's when she started her business, Total Mom, which serves a community of mom entrepreneurs through its programs and partnerships, including Total Mom Pitch, where entrepreneurs across Canada can apply for $50,000 in grants and services. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship programs. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. As the founder and CEO of Total Mom Inc., Anna is dedicated to offering a professional community network to help women founders start and grow their businesses while juggling motherhood. She's also the founder of the Canadian Women Entrepreneurs Gala, which recognizes and honors leading companies' influential programs, campaigns, and CSR initiatives that have paved the way for a more equal and diverse ecosystem for women in business. Here is my conversation with Anna Sinclair. Anna, it's a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> and I typically start these conversations by really going to the you know origin story of, of your journey. So I want to know, when you were growing up, what kind of career were you imagining for yourself later in life? Well, I had, I would say, a very unique childhood and upbringing. I was born in U- Ukraine, then raised in Israel, then moved to Canada. And the first, I would say, few fundamental years of my life were very just airy-fairy. Like I would be going out um, as a child, like discovering things on my own. In Israel, you know, kids run around, they do their thing. It wasn't a strict upbringing where I was told, like, you know, I didn't have the pressure of what do you want to be? Or Mm -hmm. I didn't really have people around me that were a specific role or thing. It was just a really different upbringing. Mm -hmm. And so growing up, I really fell madly in love with creative things like singing, dancing, acting. Um, So I knew I kind of wanted to be in some sort of entertainment industry since I was little. Then when I went into high school, things kind of started changing because I was in Canada and here, um, we kind of have that, you know, are you a doctor? Are you going to be a lawyer? Are you going to be a nurse? Um, so I, I kind of got a little bit sidetracked and started thinking, well, is a pop singer or an actress really a realistic or feasible career path? <laughs> <laughs> and um, that little voice in my brain was like, let's be safe. Let's get something that people would be proud of you. Let's get something you'd be proud of. And that's when I went down the rabbit hole of like trying to be someone, get a degree, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow back ended up back in the entertainment field. So I was going to say it wasn't it wasn't too far off. I love when that happens. Um, and tell me about women who inspired you along the way. And you know, I ask that question, and sometimes a guest will say, "Actually, my you know ultimate role model was a man," and that's okay. But I'm especially sure. interested in hearing who were role models for you. Honestly, it was the weirdest moments. It was, you know, this this older woman that I met in my apartment building that just took me in, you know, and every day, you know, around 4 or 5 p.m., she would make cookies and tea for me and just listen to me talk. And through that, I guess, that nurtured relationship of talking, I learned a lot about 
relationships and people. And I started understanding that like, there's so much more than your yourself and the family unit. And then in high school, there was a co-op teacher that saw that I was kind of struggling. Um, I was going through a lot. I, you know, really was skipping school, all these different things. I was just going through a lot. And she said, you know, you're really bright and you have an amazing future ahead of you. Like, how can I be your mentor? Like, how can I stand for your success? And I think it was her who really started that relationship of that there's, there's actual mentors, there's actual women out there that have no reason and no, like nothing that they need from you other than the fact that they want to see you succeed. And Mm -hmm. that just ignited so much, uh, just so much hope in me, um, and, and kind of gave me confidence and gave me, um, a little bit of that, spark and flair to try to reach things that I didn't think were possible otherwise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And tell me about kind of creating your business because you do a number of things today, but yeah. when, when did it become clear for you? Okay. I want to be an entrepreneur and this is the business idea I'm going to pursue. Well, I always knew that I wanted to go outside of the box. I, I always knew that I wasn't the kind of person that you could just put into a box and say, hey, you need to come in at nine, um, you know, leave at five. Um, I've always wanted to disrupt something. I, I, I wanted to be an advocate. I, I'd always have an opinion on something. I always wanted to drive impact and I wanted to do things differently. I wanted to do them in a way that I thought could be done better. And I think early on after high school, I realized that, oh no, I am not keeping jobs. Like no one is, as soon as the manager would have an altercation, it was just like, I instantly knew, but we could do this better. And that leadership opportunity, that, that, um, that innovation that like brings something to the table was just not there in a traditional Mm -hmm. role. Mm -hmm. And so I instantly kind of realized, I want to work for myself. I want to be the person that can guide a team and really give them opportunities. Like I want for myself too. Like I wanted to hold the space for individuals to co-create. And I felt like traditional jobs didn't really feel like that for me at the time. So, um, that was kind of the beginning phases of it, but it was, it was really when I went after this music career mm-hmm. and started running my own record label and, you know, being an actress and driving from, you know, Bradford, Ontario to downtown Toronto to try to meet with big brands and agencies. I knew that I had it in me to kind of chase the dream and that if I had to do it, I was going to make it happen. So it kind of was an indication. So it started with your own career as uh, in entertainment, essentially. And then where did you take it next? Well, I got signed to Universal. I I got the opportunity and the privilege to um, run my own record label under Universal, which was a sub record label. Mm-hmm. Huge deal, independent artist. You know, I, I ended up landing on Disney and the Family Channel, mm-hmm. and my album was considered for a Juno. And I, I performed at a thirty thousand person stadium. Like everything was going like this, like this, like this. Mm-hmm. And then um, right as the moment I was about to potentially sign this record deal in the U.S., uh, my husband and I got pregnant. And at that time in the music industry, we were in a different place than we are championing yeah. women. Right. And I just didn't, I wasn't able to move forward with a, with a deal. I wasn't able to be seen 
more than just a liability and, and, mm-hmm. and motherhood became something that was a huge blessing in my life, but also the barriers and the challenges became super real. Yeah. Which, which is a bit, you know, there's been a huge change in the industry in, in, in a few years because today we wouldn't see that as, you know, a, a, a career ending moment, having a pregnancy, Not something that many pop stars do Not successfully and they can even build that into their, their you know, persona. Well, yeah. Uh, like if someone is an artist right now and they're pregnant, their publicist is going to be like, let's do a photo shoot with the exactly. baby bump. Like it's a different time. I'm thinking Rihanna right now. <laughs> exactly. Everybody. And, and I think what had happened to me at that time was it was the perfect, it was the perfect thing that needed to happen to someone like me mm-hmm. because someone like me would take that fuel and turn it into an empowering situation of like, how do I stand for pregnant women that mm-hmm. want a career mm-hmm. and that are like movers and shakers like me that want motherhood and their business and how do I support them and how do I champion and, and speak up for them? And so I went to this local baby show, a trade show in Toronto. And because I was kind of fizzling down, or I don't even know if that's a word, but I was swindling down from being an artist. I had a blog, I had a website, I was getting free stuff from brands and companies. I came home, I dumped all this stuff on the floor and it was all for the baby. And of course my entrepreneur brain was like, well, what about the mom? And that was the day that I created Total Mom Inc. I I knew it right then and there, if not just for me, for every single other woman that feels like they're lacking meaningful support systems personally and professionally. And that was, I, that was it. I just, I fell in love with it. I had so much passion for it. I just knew that that was everything that I was going to put everything into. Um, and that, yeah, that, that was when I became a real, <laughs> real deal entrepreneur. And tell me about kind of the first, you know, the first chapters in, in that leg of your journey. And when, what kind of feedback did you get, for example? And, you know, how, how, how were people reacting to, to your new business concept? Well, I was so naive. I think I, I went in there strong-willed going like, I'll make an Excel spreadsheet. I'll put my dream sponsors on it. I'm going to make a festival for moms. I'm going to make something bigger than the baby show. I'm going to do a mom show. It'll go all over Canada. Like I came in hard, like most visionaries do. But I think initially I didn't realize that owning a business and being a founder and being an entrepreneur meant so much more than having a good idea and having a good, um, like event or whatever it, it was instant that I knew that, okay, the highs are really high, but the Mm -hmm. late nights and the 16 hour days and the juggling your children and your marriage and everything that started becoming real and more real. Initially, I had such great feedback from sponsors and partners and stakeholders and speakers. And everybody was like, this is so needed. You're filling a gap. So I had wind underneath my wings and I think the community building piece of it was the real reason why I've been so successful is that it's not just me, like even though it is me alone here behind a laptop and then everyone's remote and everyone's everywhere. And, you know, ultimately the, all of it's on your shoulders as the founder at the end of the day, it comes to you. Like you're, you gotta be a leader. You've got to inspire people. You have to find the money, all that. But I started realizing that as a founder and entrepreneur, I had no idea how to run a business. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know what running a business actually meant. I knew what running a brand, an experience, bringing people together, closing a sale, like all those skills, 
um, are things you can lean on as a, as an entrepreneur because you've got them. But there's this whole other fundamental of business and entrepreneurship that you will never always know everything. And each and every single month and quarter and year, there is a huge new thing that you're going to tackle. You're tackling Mm -hmm. it every day. Mm -hmm. And I never started my business with financials. I never started my business with a a business plan. It was a vision and a goal. Mm -hmm. So that was a rough start. (laughs) (laughs) Three years of not even knowing what we were going to make or how much it was or Mm -hmm. what we needed. Like I was just gung-ho head down. Like I didn't care how much the festival was going to cost. I just was like, I need to get the sponsors for it. And I just Mm -hmm. went hard. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And, and how did you, how did you solve that? Was it kind of learning, you know, as you went, did you go to maybe oh. trusted external advisors to help you? Oh my gosh, it was embarrassing. So, um, <laughs> in the peak of what I thought was like me riding the success train and I thought I knew so much, it was so embarrassing. I went on a Instagram live on this individual, this gentleman who had a really like active following. He had about 3000 people on this live. And I clicked that little button to go live. And he was just asking people like, all right, pitch your business. Like, what do you do? Tell us what it is. And I was like, I know total mom in and out. I know the mission statement. Like I thought I had it all under control. Figured out. Yeah. And nope. So I get on this live and essentially he starts asking me these questions, these terms that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Yes. I know what ROI means. Yes. I know this, but churn rate, all these things. He grilled my butt. (laughs) He literally was asking me the most bizarre questions, but these questions now, these days, I wouldn't even invest in as an angel investor. I would never invest in a company if they didn't know those answers. Right. Right. And reality was, was I was annihilated. It was like, uh, it was, it was just completely embarrassing. And he went blank out and said it. You're not running a business. You're running a hobby. Like you're just, Mm -hmm. this is a side gig. And I was so insulted. And I remember being so embarrassed and insulted. And after a day, it started sinking in and the ego went away. And I realized he was right. Mm -hmm. I didn't know those answers. And why would I get so offended? And I realized that I was holding onto the suitcase. I was so, so passionate and invested in what I had done up to date and Mm -hmm. how hard I worked to get there and the obstacles I overcame that I wasn't even stepping out of my own way to truly go, what is our newest business plan? What are our projections? What is our turn rate? Like how, like, what do we need to, how much are we making? What's coming in and out? Like all these crazy things that I had not thought about all these logistics and legalities around intellectual property and the things that as a, as a beginner and an entrepreneur and as a founder, you're not thinking about those things. You're so in the, you're in the space. So that was the day that I started investing into courses, mentors, advisors, Mm -hmm. Like I paid $5,000 for a guy to do a VIP day with me for two hours. Everyone in my team thought I was crazy. (laughs) The best thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I started investing into online training of business development. And I looked up, you know, Harvard online. I looked Mm -hmm. up anything that I could find. And I had realized that it was actually quite simple. There are fundamentals and basics. Mm -hmm. And there are like four to five main things that if you just focus on and, and educate yourself on. Yeah. If um, you know your metrics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women and Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice, puts guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way, so we can all share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. And, you know, along that time or around that time, you were building a team as well. There, there were people joining you. Um, what's your definition of leadership? And how do you approach being, you know, kind of the, the, the leader for, for that group, for your team? Leadership is, um, it's a journey. I would say that um, for a long time, I felt discouraged as a leader. I felt like I was letting people down, that I didn't know how to deal with different personality types. Um, being someone that's super confident and like has a vision, there was just blockages and things that kept coming up. But now in my fifth year of business, I feel like leadership is being courageous. It's being um, it's, it's being like open to the fact that everybody is different and that everybody has a role, um, and a journey of their own. And so being a good leader now looks like creating the space for my team to do things that they don't know how to do mm-hmm. without micromanaging it, yeah. but giving them the opportunity to try things, make mistakes, have their voice be seen and heard, but still hold it down and, and, and give, give the team like that inspiration, even though it's hard. Like I think a lot of the times we work hours and, you know, we're overcoming these obstacles and these challenges come up and it's stressful and we're trying to balance health, wellness, kids, all of that, especially at Total Mom, we're all parents. Um, And I think it's just being authentic and showing them too, that I do have mental health days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Being vulnerable being vulnerable, being authentic, Mm -hmm. and and also just being okay with not being okay. I think Mm -hmm. that mental mental health advocacy has been a big deal Mm -hmm. for me. Um, It's been something that I've been opening up. And I think meeting so many top C-suite executives across Canada, and especially over the last three years after I got the, it was the WXN top 100 most powerful women in Canada, it opened up a world of network of Mm -hmm. these C-suites that didn't share. They mm. weren't sharing about the real struggles. And right. it, it's obvious we're in like, you know, corporate, it's, you know, it's not as easy. Um, and I saw an opportunity for me to be a person that kind of opens up and shares and kind of like gives other people an opportunity to feel like safe doing so as well. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds really cheesy and weird, but it's real for me. Like I, I genuinely felt like if I told my team, that this is what is so for me without making them all stressed out, Mm -hmm. you know, that it would be a good, it would be a good thing for all of us to connect on a deeper level. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, For sure. Um, I think a lot of women struggle with, and, and female founders especially, it's not always obvious or natural for them to work on, you know, self-promotion. And I, you know, I see so many amazing women, a lot of guests coming on the show who have a fantastic business story. They've built, you know, something incredibly amazing. They're successful business women, yet it is so difficult for them to put themselves out there, tell their stories, and, you know, they, they don't know how to do that. 
Um, it's something, obviously you have an entertainment background, you know, you've done acting, yeah. you've been a performer. So this is probably a little bit more natural to sure. you. Um, what would be your advice for women when, you know, they're, they're trying to crack that and, and build their own story and, and put themselves out there a little bit more? I think at the end of the day, we all face our own struggles and mindset, mm -hmm. mindset and perception is everything. It's critical. Like your perception of, you know, for example, when I lost that deal, my perception could have been like, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Um, you know, they're judging me this and that, like I could have went down the spiral of that, but I chose to kind of use that as fuel and inspiration. And that was a confidence that I had to pull through the breakdowns. I still had a mental breakdown. I still was feeling like I lost everything. Mm -hmm. But if you're a woman that's trying to get out there, get online, I think just letting go of what people are going to think of you and sharing your story, you will be surprised at how people vibrationally can just pick up if you're authentic or real. They can pick up if your story is inspirational. You don't need a perfect story. You don't need that turning point. Like, yes, there's a structure to like telling your story, but at the beginning days, just connect with people and share your heart, share your vision, share your struggles because People want to help people yep. that are yep. open to receiving help. One of my best mentors, Jillian Fairley, um, had told me once when I was sitting to her and I was like, oh my God, we need to, look, we're still $100,000 away from sponsorship dollars. And like, we only have a few months. Like, what are we going to do? And she said, have you spoken to your network and your people and told them, hey, I'm not really sure what to do here. And this is my issue and this is where I'm stuck mm -hmm. and then shut up and let them talk. And <laughs> I had not done that. I was trying to get people to see the value, the ROI. And I was talking and talking, trying to position it. And she goes, when you tell somebody where, where you're at, they're going to naturally want to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. And they're going to want to hear themselves speak and they're going to want to come in and help you. Mm -hmm. And that's where the ideas will come and you won't have to ask for anything. Mm -hmm. I thought that was just mind blowing and has been such an incredible piece of my puzzle these days. Like I reaching out and delegating or asking for help or just saying what is so for me. Um, that is how you share your story. You just say, mm -hmm. listen, I have this vision to, to create a billion dollar brand or a global brand or an empire, or I just want to transform the way that we do this or that, or I'm, I, you know, this happened to me when I was little from that, that's all you need. Just be real, just share your story. Um, and I think it, this is such a, an important point because I think women have been conditioned or somehow it's in our head that we can do everything ourselves and we don't oh want to bother somebody else, right? And I think for men, that type of networking and asking for help comes a lot more naturally. Um, and I, there's so many women who are just, you know, it's like they're one phone call away or one email away from getting, yeah. you know, that partner's help or a new mentor or whatever it is. Uh, but somehow we kind of have to get over that fear and get over that, I don't know, that myth we've, we, we have in our heads. And I think yeah. you're absolutely right. People want to help people and other women want to help women, but that hasn't always been our experience in a workplace, but that has changed. And it's something I would say 95% of interview guests, you know, on the show come and, and talk about, they've helped everybody that's reached out to them yeah. and they've received support whenever they've asked for it. So I think that's a very, very important message.
That's, that's the point right there. You just said it. They've received it because they've asked for it. Mm-hmm. You have to ask for it. Yeah. You have to ask for it. And it's, it's not as easy as we say right now, because as much as advice and, and, and tips and tricks I could give to someone right now, that still doesn't take away the fact that they had a unique upbringing, a unique experience, their own mental health, their own journey, their own mindset, and their own mentors or lack of mentors. So Mm -hmm. don't put a lot of pressure on yourself to be that perfect person. Um, And also like with social media and everything like that, there's this huge onus on self. Like there are our generation is all like self-centered. It's just very like me and my health and wellness and my thing or whatever. And it's like Mm -hmm. back in the day, we used to work as a village. We used to work as families, as, as communities, as groups, and everyone kind of sort of individualized and, and has to prove something. So if, if there's one thing I can learn is, or teach you teach, teach anyone listening is like, you don't have tomorrow. Like you can't be promised tomorrow. And if tomorrow, like say you died, heaven forbid, you're going to look back and go, Oh, <laughs> that none of that would have mattered. Like what people thought of me or, or if I would have just done what I want to do, that brings me joy. So yeah. just, just try your best and like one step at a time. Exactly. And success comes at different stages for different people too, right? It's, it's, it's it like different. a moving path. It's always evolving. It looks different. My, my vision of success two years ago is complete. Like my, my vision of success right now is mm-hmm. like, can I just like go to a cottage for a weekend? You know, that, <laughs> that would be success for me. Like, can I spend more time with my family and do mm-hmm. absolutely like more ridiculously normal things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and su- success will always change for you um, and for everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you're obviously, you know, you're, you're a mom, your business is, is about, is about moms. You've talked about how, you know, earlier in your career in entertainment, becoming a mom was actually uh, a hindrance, right? It's something that changed your career. It was, uh, it would have, it would have limited your opportunities at that time. Do you, how, how far do you think we've come? And we often hear about women, you know, women today still say they have to choose often being between being, having a family, being a successful uh, executive in a C-suite, for example. Um, There's been progress. Is it moving fast enough in your opinion? And what do we still have, uh, you know, to, to work for? I think definitely there has been progress. Like I'm not going to lie. Of course there's been progress, but I think it's not as easy as, you know, it's sped up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think there's still a lot to work for, especially like if we're talking about Canada or we're talking about, you know, the childcare issues. Childcare is one of the number one things that, that families struggle with when making decisions around their career. It's, you know, it's so hard to decide how that's going to happen, afford it, then make sure someone who's watching your children or that where your children are is, is a thriving environment that's healthy for them. Um, there's a lot of guilt that comes with that, but it, it's, it's one of those things where I think what we really need to be showing out there are not more reasons as to why it's a struggle for parents or for, for people to choose between career and family. It's more about actually talking about the systems and the tools and the actual systems in govern government and the systems within organizations and the systems that need to be changed have to be realistic. We need to humanize family. Like we need to humanize the fact that like 
just because you work for a corporation and you're like a top C-suite, it doesn't mean that the second that you're offline, that, that you don't have little humans and a family and relationships and a community and your health. And we have to remember that that needs to speed up and we need to consider, okay, if we're living in a different world and people are remote, that was one thing that we were able to add. Flexibility and more diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging. Yes, that's progressing and that's moving forward. It's amazing. I'm loving to see what we're advancing forward. But the fact of the matter is, is childcare is still and remains the worst thing for everybody. And also just the fact that like, we are working way too hard, way too long um, without personal and mental health support systems. It's extremely hard to Mm -hmm. afford mental health support systems that we all truly need. I mean, outside of the pandemic and everything, this has just been the hardest three years for everyone and everything's come up to the surface. And so we can't expect people to just figure it all out. Like we need to humanize working situations and also being a mother, like we need to humanize it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not just a person that works for you or works for a company. It's an individual that is like literally the vessel to another human that relies on emotional, um, spiritual, food, uh, so social. Like there's just too much to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, this is like a, a such a. I could talk about this for hours. Yeah, no, this is great. These are great insights. And and I agree with uh, whatever point you've made. Mm -hmm. Um, What would be your top two pieces of advice for, and let's talk about mom entrepreneurs specifically who are thinking about starting a business? Well, I think you can create a life that you love. You basically start from scratch and forget everything you ever thought about what makes money, what doesn't make money, what you have to do, what your obligations are, everything. And like actually sit down and write down all of your gifts, your talents, what brings you joy, the impact you want to make. And then talk to some mentors and some advisors and people that can take all of those pieces. It's kind of like when you were in high school and you went to a guidance counselor. Yeah. Uh You need to do that as an adult too. (laughs) It's not just then, it's, it's even now. And I think thinking about what, what, what could you get up and do every single day and what would bring you joy and like starting from scratch and then turning that into a business idea and then speaking to someone, my number one advice, speaking to someone that is extremely experienced. Like we're not talking random online, Oh, someone who's a, you know, overnight guru, life coach. Life coach. <laughs> like, I'm not knocking life coaches, but you don't know. No, so, some have genuine expertise. Yeah, you need yeah. like, you need like the, you know, the Ernest and Young Deloitte, like you need a big, you need a big person or a great advisor or someone that's going to say, I have 30 years of experience in business development or go to market or whatever, and start that right away. Don't wait for the third or fourth year to speak to someone like that. Like I did, I made that mistake. I didn't even think I could approach people like that. I didn't even know advisors and people were around like that. Um, I didn't. And now we have so many organizations and nonprofits and so many incredible organizations that are there to support that he can offer free mentorship. Take your one thing that you know would bring you joy and that makes sense to you that you could get up living and breathing every single day and turn that into a profitable and sustainable business model and Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. go for it. Um, Sometimes you can 
tickle toggle off. Like if your partner has benefits or your partner works somewhere else and it's not cushy, but it's good. It's good enough. You might have the luxury of it, but then there's single moms who don't have that luxury. So I think from the get-go go and learn about all the organizations, all the support systems, all the mentors, advisors, and people, and just feel out what is possible and make sure that before you like go into it, that there's, there's a smart model in place that it it is viable, that it is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, You want, you want to take risks, but calculated risks and being an entrepreneur involves a certain level of risk, no matter what industry you're in. Yeah, of course. And, and like the risk, the risk part is for sure, like a no brainer, like you're going to take risks every day, every month, every year. Mm -hmm. But, um, if you do something that you think you're going to do, because you think, that's what you should be doing, or that's what you've been doing for a while. And then that's kind of the experience you had. So you're going to bring that forward in, but that truly didn't make you happy. Like, don't make the mistake of doing what you've always done because that's mm-hmm. what you've always done. And now everyone's going to go, well, I had a degree in that. And like, I had, I, I went to, I did psychology for about five and a half years or so, something like that. And I didn't take, like, I, I don't care if I had that or didn't now at this point, I'm like, you know, I'd rather be happy doing what I love to do. Um, and Mm -hmm. yeah, just if anyone's listening and they're holding on to like the stuff they've always done, like you can start over, you can start over tomorrow today. Exactly. And you never know what that big win could be. Yeah. And that plan B is always going to be waiting for you. The the backup plan is always there. (laughs) Or some plan (laughs) F or whatever. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You're not a failure. You're not a failure if you start over. You're not a failure if your company just goes bankrupt. Like entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. is a series of over glamorized failures. It is all Mm -hmm. about growth. That's true. It's all about learning. And it's when we make all those mistakes and it's when people like myself got something taken away. It's when you realize more of who you are and who you're not. And Mm -hmm. if you really think about it, entrepreneurship is, is life. It's, Mm -hmm. it's experience. It's connecting with people. It's making decisions. It's getting up, it's falling down. It's all the things. And that's, I think why I, I find so much excitement in it. Mm -hmm. I think it just like keeps me going. It's not Mm -hmm. boring. It's never a day is boring. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect uh, statement to end the interview on. Thank you so much, Anna. It was great hearing about your journey. Congratulations for everything you've built. I'm excited to see what comes next for you. So thank you for making time today. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening today. If you did enjoy the show, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Yeah.